Goes off, you can always erase and edit it. I can always erase, it's true. Okay. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yes. So he's a... Uh, I think it's just Tebow, Rabbi. Tebow. Tebow. Oh, Tebow. You're, you're, th- you're speaking Hebrew. I'm sorry. With an English Tebow. name. So Tebow, he... Do you know who Tim Tebow is? Uh, Maddie? Yeah. Lee, do you know Tim, Tim Tebow? You have heard of him. So, I mean, it probably was like much more in, in the American world. He's, a, he's an American football player. Americans forget the fact that their football is American, so they just call it football. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's an American football player that he kind of had a rise to fame, which wasn't purely justified by his ball skills, but more because of his religious beliefs. He's like a really clean-cut kid that ma- kind of made it big. Um, and no, he made it. He, he was also very good. He's he, a very good ball player. He played on a broken leg. Okay, he, sorry. Don't we take anything away from him. Yeah. So he's a good ball player. He's a good ball player. But the reason why he like kind of so, yeah, he yeah. kind of like got the attention in the press that he did is because he, he was like such a surprise to the sporting world because he was so ethical and straight and morally driven. Mm-hmm. And so he captured like the imagination of of the people. So I find that really fascinating because that's an idena- that's a dynamic, right? It's a dynamic. You see that there's something that resonated with his behavior to a large group of people. Now, really, there should be a lot more to say about this, but that's actually all I've. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the end. But it just shows how you can, you know, how important it is to, like, like uh, odd man out. You stick out. Everybody don't else. Don't be so cynical. Don't everybody be so else. Cynical, everybody right? else is why so. Why are you so cynical? Why, why? Why? So when you have one moral person stand out, it's like, whoa! Look at that. It's an oddity. It's a rarity. So you're just saying it's Come the contrast. Come look at the righteous person. It's a contrast. There's yeah, the one contrast. of them. Thanks, thanks, Ali. Can you leave, please? You just like destroyed my whole vote, okay? Oh, Go jump in a lake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit that part. <laughs> the, the real reason why I mentioned it mm-hmm. is that. Um, I have no idea who this guy is, and I heard about him about an hour ago. Okay. But it makes you sound so relevant when you can like, drop these popular cultural references that people like, give me a lot of credibility, which I don't deserve. So it's really about making a good impression, which is like totally on the surface. And that's kind of what I want to speak about, how to do that. And it's really important for about Shiva to know this, because what's going to happen is people are going to start suggesting shit different to you. Now, you don't want to come off with like some kind of rookie that doesn't know what he's doing. You want to, it doesn't matter what you are inside. You want to make that good impression, right? You want to like go to a person's Shabbos table. It doesn't matter if like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you're doing. But you have to look the part, and you want to like be the, Again, you have to be, you have to be like, you have to like present yourself as if you are really not only like super, super from, like sophisticated davna, but you want to be exceptionally knowledgeable. Now the problem is when you're about Shiva and you know nothing, it's a bit of a challenge. <laughs> okay, so this is, this is where this, this kind of, this class is going to be crucial for you to like pay attention and you can do it. Just because you know nothing doesn't mean you can't look as if you know a lot. Now, this is how you play into a very interesting dynamic in the film world. The film world works with lots of different assumptions. One of the assumptions that's very common in film conversations is everyone knows what everyone's talking about. Now, you can use this to your advantage. This is how. 
Okay. You go to use a Shabbos meal. So first of all, remember there's a few crucial things that don't botch up because you're going to be spotted as a BT. Okay. Don't don't botch up. When you say good Shabbos, it's the intonation that's crucial. Don't go with like this loud staccato good Shabbos. No one says that. No one says it. It should be more of a lilting Shabbos with a lot of emphasis on that on that first first vowel Shabbos, right? Shabbos. And the truth is, very often you can tra- you can drop the the G completely, and you can just say Shabbos, Shabbos, a little bit like it's up, it's up, it's up. So you can say. So that's the first thing. Now, when you do meet the host, Mally, and this is another important the body to mess up. Whatever you're doing, please, please do. Do not grasp that with a firm handshake. You'll blow your cover in a second, right? Do not... When you extend your hand, make sure it is exceptionally limp. Okay? You're not going to get anywhere with strong handshakes in this world. You're going to get... Forget it. They'll roll you out to the potential son-in-law in a second. So... Yeah. Hundred percent. Now the lechatchila of the handshake is the of the handshake is when you extend your limp hand forwards, make sure that the actual amount of ultra the amount of like interskin connection is minimal. So like this is how lechatchila is that it's merely a touch of the fingers. Now there are occasions, however, and you have to be able to differentiate between these two because it's socially complex. When you want to actually have the full hand clasp, but never shall it be firm. But just because it's firm doesn't mean that it's easily retractable. So you've got him in the handshake. Now what you want to do is, <laughs> if it's a person you're trying to build a strong relationship with, him, so the average rule is no less than ten seconds. If you feel him starting with draw, a little bit of a clasp will. <laughs> Stop that from it. Okay, so that's what you want to do. Now, as you're doing this, as you're doing this, look at him with an ingratiating smile. Shabbos, Shabbos. Okay. So that's kind of that's your entrance. Now you're sitting at the table. So now you're sitting at the table, and he makes kiddish, and he says, he says something about you know, do you want to make your own kiddish? Don't answer immediately. No. Like, make it as if you like, you're actually entertaining the possibility, even when you, if you would, you'd like botch it completely. But like, make it look as if you're going, say it, say it, say it, say it. Like, you know, like, did he ever not agree to hear yours? It's okay. Okay, now, you, you got to the meal. Now, at the meal, what's really important is the dvartoya. The dvartoya you want to put in such a way that um, you now know enormous amounts of information. Now the problem is you don't actually even know what the parsha is. doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you a few key phrases and you can use them wherever you go and your mom has come across like a Talmud Chochem. This is the way it works. So now, you go into the Shabbos table and you, you want to initiate a vote because if you wait for him to ask you a vote you could get into trouble. So... You start off with a sentence like this, and you say, uh, "Have you seen? Have you seen the the Evan Ezra? It's Evan Ezra. Like what's pshat? No, you don't know what Evan Ezra says, right? But you can rely on the fact that neither does he. Okay, so, okay? so he doesn't know. Now, <laughs> even if he knows what it is, it's even better. It's like Mimanavshach. If he knows." If he doesn't know what the Ebenezer said, so he's no way he's going to lose face by admitting it. So you're safe. If he does know, he'll probably judge you favorably and assume that you know as well. So now it goes on further. So if he doesn't know, so he already thinks, whoa, this guy knows Ebenezer. I haven't even looked at Ebenezer ever. This guy's impressive. That's it. On the road to a great shidduch. 
on the other hand, say he knows the Ebn Ezra, right? Now are you saying to him that there's something shver in the Ebn Ezra, and he thinks about the Ebn Ezra, and he doesn't find something shver. So now he's even more defensive, because he thinks, uh-oh, I missed something based on the Ebn Ezra. So he's not going to take the risk of being like openly wrong. So he'll say, oh, I hear, I hear. And then what you do is you take it to the next stage. You say, but you say, Efsha, you can answer it with the Ramban. Oh, so now you're testing him further. So if he didn't know Lechatkhila anything, so now not only have you shown mastery of the Evan Ezra, but you've also displayed your Bekes in the Ramban. You're just getting more and more and more credibility <coughs> by the second. This guy's ready to give you his daughter like tomorrow. On the other hand, if he knows the Evan Ezra and he knows the Ramban, oh my gosh, he's like making these Chesponishes in his head. He's thinking this guy's mamash hot. Win win. Okay, and then you can just kind of continue the conversation, like with these kind of, you know. And if he says to you, "What does like?" If he kind of confronts you, and you know, you don't even be in this position, but you have to know how to react if you are. What if he says something like, "But what does Evanezer say?" You have to say, "It's really not posh. It's not. It's really not posh." If he keeps on, you say, "Well, I want you. Let's look inside, right?" And so, so, so what happens is. <laughs> You open it up, you open it up, and you say, look! And then he reads. He reads. And you say, you can't just say, he says, no, so I say, say it out to me, say it out to me. <laughs> ah, then you've got something to deal with, because neither he told you the chat, so now you can, like, you know, you can play along. So these are really important lessons, because you don't want to, like, go into the from world and, like, be labeled as, like, some kind of second grade citizen. You want to, like, really make it. So these are the kind of artificial things that you have to really work on really hard to create that false persona that's going to make it in the from world. I think it's, this kind of this is what's really important that you have to figure out. Otherwise, you're going to you're going to really kind of stick out like a sore thumb, and we don't want that to happen. Okay, good. Again, remember the nakuda is it's not who you are; it's what you appear to be. I want it to be absolutely clear. Great. So now let's speak about yes. Well, once right. they get to know you, then they're going to know you. Yeah, know after like look two again, years. again, again, Mali. It's not about doing this as a one-off thing. When you create that false kind of persona, you have to really kind of be, you have to do it with a lot of consistency until you get what you want. The minute you get to what you want, then who cares? I'm saying, who cares? Once you put the ring on the edge, I'm saying, then you can do whatever you like. It's too late. There's no going back. Okay, so I think that's. that's right. Hey? Uh, listen, yeah, just grow up, okay? I mean. <laughs> What do you, what, what do you, are you in this for MS or are you in this for social success? Let's be honest. I'm in the first one. You're in it for MS? So. Okay, you're in the wrong place. Go away. <laughs> you're really in it for MS? Why not? So then why don't you have a haircut? Why don't you need a haircut for it? Because that's not an MS stick hairstyle. I don't feel an MS stick with, with uh, short hair and puffy pears on the side. Why? That's a true reflection oh. of MS, isn't it? What's this chip? What so the truth, the truth, is, the truth, no, the truth is, no, it's, it's coming from a place of utter and utter jealousy. I mean, there's, like, there's no, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's not even a remnant of the sincerity in what I just did to you. Anyway, yes, I'm glad you're feeling guilty. <laughs> parading your chip in front of me, the follically challenged. <laughs> Uh, Let's go back to what we were talking about previously. For those of you who are unaware, there was a parody. Parody of how, even within, it doesn't matter where you are, Manasha, doesn't matter who you are, the threat to live a superficial life is always there. Don't fall into it. 
there was a parody of her not to fall into it. It was all ironic, it was all sarcastic, it was all deeply cynical. Please do not fall into that trap and be the person you are. And if you feel it's important to have overgrown hair on the top of your head, well, that's fine. Okay? That's fine. Lee and I disagree with you, okay? <laughs> what we're talking about in our Musa share, which may begin now, apologize to the tape recorders, <laughs> is <laughs> is the different dialogue that occurs between us and we we had different reference point but we spoke a lot about the, the messages that or the conversation that's constantly being conducted between your for want of a better word I'm going to use English words your physical self your body and your emotional self there's always this dialogue that's going on and your body's looking for cues from your emotional self and vice versa and that's why the way that you hold your body the pace at which you move the way that you present yourself physically has an emotional impact and every kind of aspect of the physical dimension has an accompanying symbolism attached to it. Uh, this is kind of a true true point that leads to many perceptions that you can have about a person. And these perceptions are often interpreted in different schools of body language whereby you can interpret a person's mot- motives by, by the way he holds his body. Things as um, basic as hand positions. If a person's got crossed arms, so then he's cutting himself off from you. If he opens his his arms and his chest, it means that he's, there's a sense of welcoming. And all associated body movements always have an implication. You know, if you think about the idea of a hug, I mean, it's a bit it's a strange thing, but a hug is an expression of emotional closeness. Why don't you say hi and by a hand wave indicate the emotional closeness. Why do you need to actually go over to the person and hug them? Because when you're physically close, you're showing an expression of emotional closeness because there's this constant dialogue between the two. We use this as a insight into building up the platform of prayer, of tefillah, of Shemona Esrei. And we said that Chazal guide us in how this dialogue should took play, take place in order that our body can com- com- communicate to our nefesh the right mood and message for tefillah. Now theoretically speaking, Chazal could have told us that tefillah should be conducted whilst hopping on one foot and dancing around or spinning. Rather, Chazal said, take those two feet and close them down. Instead of using your transport system, your feet, as a mechanism of moving whilst you're engaged in prayer, shut it down so that you can tell yourself that you're now in a single place. You've now landed. Then take your hands, which are your mechanism, your instruments of expression in this world, and close them down. And then take your head. Head positioning is a really important component of the way that we communicate messages towards one another. To the degree that the 
Ramban, when he discusses humility, he paints a picture based largely on body positioning. Al-Kain says the Ramban, I will explain to you, How should you behave if you want to be a humble person? He doesn't discuss the context, content, but the way that you speak in terms of volume and tone. Nachas means that your words should have the potential to land. Linchot in Hebrew means to land. So your words should be addressed to the person that they should be soft enough that they get a comfortable landing in his ears. If you speak in harsh tones, you'll build up resistance. The words of the wise are heard benachas. So says Ramban, when he speaks about the trait of humility, he says, do not start with the internal alone, but allow the external to reflect the internal and make sure that your words are soft and they land in the ears of the listener. Call to your head, kofuf, slightly bent. Veinecho, your eyes, yabitu lematul arts, they should be looking down on the ground. Velibcho, and your sense of experience, where are you? Lemala, should be above. Vaal tapipifne odem betaberchi imoi, and do not look into the eyes of a person when you speak to them. Vaal so now imagine this we're trying to build the, Ram, the Ramban says that the ultimate good trait is humility and now your humble person walks into the door how would a westerner react to the entrance of Mr. Humble <laughs> <laughs> You'd look at him and say, What a washover. Where's his strength? Where? The Western approach is, Hold your head high, son! Put your shoulders back! The opposite direction of head positioning and just slightly bent over, head down. Hold your head low, shoulders forward. Uncomfortable. Do you feel that? Do you feel the discomfort between that position of how we should hold ourselves? So the truth is, for us to hold ourselves like that the whole time, it requires spiritual maturity. Be careful of the danger of premature spirituality, where you disregard the simple explanation of the events that are occurring in your life, or the way you should be responding to your own spiritual growth and you make it dependent on higher spiritual forces. It's called premature spirituality 
where you ascend too quickly and as we learned the lesson from Icarus if you go too close to the sun with the wings made of queen's wax they'll melt and will come out of time and time the only thing is that Kiva's own person that really knows about Icarus did you know about Icarus? from Hercules do you know about Icarus? I from the desert you know about Icarus? You don't. Then we don't lie to me. You don't lie to my face. <laughs> don't <laughs> lie to my and face. And his father made wings. And? To try to fly. And they, uh, so his father told him, don't fly too high. He flew too high. Got too close to the sun. Apologize. I apologize. I apologize. I, I was underestimating your knowledge of Greek mythology. And it's... It's making a comment. But that's a, that's a Gashmaka Marshall. It's a great motto of about Shiva. Realize, Rabbi Sai, most of your wings are made from beeswax. Don't go too close to the sun. <laughs> so it's inappropriate, it's inappropriate for us to behave that way right now, right here. But there could be pockets of time where we can experience that dialogue between our body and ourself. Where so? Tefillah. Tefillah is a great example. Look, for me to be humble in front of you, I mean, <laughs> but to me to be in front, humble in front of the Rebbeinah Shalaylah Melech Malcha Amlachim HaKudish Burichi Ah! Efsha, there's a chance Slim, but there's a chance there's a chance so therefore what I want you to do is I literally what I what actually in my mind in my mind I, I already like visualized this here and like I visualized I, was, I was like everyone was like standing up and I was coaching you and I kind of hold your bodies in Twitter I said, okay, no, no, Alec, a little bit more down, a little bit more down, come, come, get those shoulders down, Alec, get those, nice. So, I thought, like, they would do, like, we'd do this, and we like, we have the three steps forward, and then I'd have to say to Rosen, Rosen, slow down, but, slow down, slow down, slow, 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 you're getting into space, I and mean, pause, and do mindful movements, mindful movements. So, really, you start off, and imagine this, I can assure you, we'll shortly be doubling Mincha. Try it. When you go to Shemona Esrei, do it with consciousness. And take three steps consciously. And understand that when you're trying to take these three steps, you're not only taking three steps, but take them with purpose, deliberation, and don't do it by rote. I mean, don't go like this. It's by rote. So you're going to have to slow down the movement to make it conscious. And you should think. One step closer. Second step closer. And then, feet together. I've arrived. Where have I arrived? I've arrived at a point that thy locket states were a person to come within a six foot by six foot area around me he would have to go around. Right? You can't walk in front of the... Why? Because you are now locked into such a sanctified spiritual place that any form of interruption would be a disturbance. It would, it would erupt the spiritual connection that you're presently involved in. So you in front of the Creator. Shechina, Hakadosha, to the degree that the Alocha says that when you daven, do not daven staring ahead of you because that's rude. Either your eyes should be closed or looking down at your siddur. 
So you're standing in front of the Rebbeinu and now your legs are sealed. Be conscious of the fact that you're not walking. Feel the not walking in your legs. And then place your hands and put them to rest upon slightly towards the left side of your chest. And then take your head and move it down in humble submission. And be conscious of the fact that you are now in the presence of the Creator of all worlds, who is right now, this second, giving you the capacity to continue your life. And feel that sense of overwhelming humility as you stand. And really what should happen is, you should become speechless. And that's why you say, Hashem, Sfosai Tiftach. My mouth, has, my lips have been sealed. Give me the ability to speak. Because until now, the moment that I've reached through the simple repositioning of my body is so profound that I've lost my capacity to open my mouth. I'm not asking you to walk around day in, day out head down, speaking softly. But it could be we can try to utilize the description of what we should be involved in to really get there. Now, do I expect you to then maintain this for the rest of your davening life? No. This is called spiritual exploration. We are trying to, through the process of our little gathering of people over here to explore different spiritual worlds. Right now the exploration is in the dialogue between the body and the self. And one of the territories that we're visiting is the territory of Tefillah. And once we've visited there, we'll go to other places. But once you've gone to somewhere, it will leave one small remnant, maybe a memory, but that memory will guide you and form you as you move forward in your life. It's not a growth which is stilted or constructed. It's a growth which is organic and flourishing. So that's my guidance for you. And I think we can meditate upon that idea as we gently move off to the shore where we will dive in. That's okay you're into this or maybe you just think I'm ultra weird the option is always open thank you gentlemen for your okay.